previously on the Simply Human Podcast. Hey, everybody, this is Mark Rogers uh, coming to you from the men's room for truck stuff. It's episode 49 of the Simply Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is nine-year NFL veteran and owner of CrossFit Football, the great John Wellborn. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with, I'm not really sure because at this point I don't really know. And we'll wrap up with our Simply Human Tip of the Week. How are you, Rick? Do we not have anybody for the simply for the humans being human? Yes, uh, uh, my friend Greg is on the schedule, but his his schedule is kind of crazy, and so okay, hopefully well, we'll if, get if, it. If, uh, right now we're doing time machine talk here. Yeah, we're recording the humans being human tomorrow. I'll tell you, if Greg can't do it, then uh, we, you've got I one. Can, I can pull one out of the old uh, the old file cabinet and from, b- from myself. And big surprise, both stories, the Greg story. And the Rick file cabinet story both have to do with pooping not in a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so a lot of cool stuff happened over the weekend. I was up in Clackamas, Oregon. Uh, oh, like, I saw this on uh, the Facebook page. And I actually got, like, get to hang out like every night at Jason's house with his family. And, Jace, and uh, Sarah's family, John, was there. He was just recently on the show. Yeah. Yeah, and I uh, sat around by around the campfire after like Sarah and Jason's wife like cooked for everyone. I mean, it was like uh, when someone who has written a, like a best-selling cookbook cooks for you. I saw the pictures of her like making dinner, and I was like, man. Yeah. I've never had someone who's written like a best-selling cookbook make me any food. Yeah, it was pretty awesome, and and so the food was amazing, and they all wore my shirts, and I gave all the kids Simply Human kids shirts, and so uh, spreading the Simply Human love <laughs> all over the nation. Well, and we got a ton of like new Facebook likes too. So yeah. assuming that comes from your trip. So well, well done. I'm glad to have uh, all kinds of Pacific Northwesterners on board. <laughs> well, and uh, Tim and Sarah Wacker were there, and so I got to meet them. Oh yeah. I got to meet Marcel, who's a, a loyal listener, and is a, all all of these are not only loyal listeners; they are loyal T-shirt purchasers. Uh, it's like to become like uh, forget the podcast. We're just a T-shirt manufacturing company. Right. Yeah. So I actually sold a lot of shirts uh, while I was up there. We kind of. They were making fun of me, like, uh, okay, we're trying to sell Sarah's books, and then Rogers is out there, like, peddling T-shirts out of his trunk. Like, you have, like, uh, one of those little wheeled carts, like, yeah. uh, with bells <laughs> ring, like, T-shirts for sale, T-shirts for sale, like, during the medieval times. Yeah, it was actually pretty cool. We went to lunch one day at a place called New Seasons up there. It's kind of like a Whole Foods, and, you know, we're nine hours away from Chico, which is where Sarah lives, and so we're nowhere near her hometown, or, we're, you know, and, like, her books were in this place. And, wow, that's cool. Yeah, and so like I went up to her and I was like, uh, your books are in here. She's like, oh, cool. You know, she went over there and looked, and I like wanted to like yell out to everyone, like, this, this person is here now. That's her. Were your books there? No. Uh, but oh, some books. Because that, you haven't written a book yeah, because you're a failure. Some, <laughs> some, books, <laughs> some books that I enjoy were there. Uh, this, I don't know if that counts. But uh, <laughs> anyway, coming back. So it was a great trip. Uh, uh, the the jossafit.com, we'll mention it right quick. They There is a seminar, and then they did a movement day, which I was uh, uh, very appreciative to be able to see kind of how those things work and uh, hopefully be able to sort of uh, duplicate some of those things down here. Jason's doing the fat loss seminars all over the place. He's already like booked up like crazy. We're trying to get him to Texas. Uh, more to come on that uh, later. 
Um, and uh, so it was, it was just a really cool trip. I'm really glad that they let me uh, uh, up into their world for a little bit. So uh, on the way back, I'm walking to my connecting flight at DFW Airport. I thought you meant you were walking from there to here. And I was like, well, that's a classic Mark Rogers move. I'll oh, just walk up there. It's cool. Walk from Portland. And I, it wasn't like, hey, that, I think that might be. It was like Kevin Nealon. Ladies from and gentlemen. Saturday Night Live, from Weeds, uh, stand-up comedian, very, very funny, very yeah, famous man. Just, and what's weird is when you sent me the picture, at first I was like, what the hell is that? Like, it took me a minute. Yeah. Because you're not used to seeing him, like, you know. In normal clothes, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. but in person, it was like, it was no doubt. So, I sort of started stalking him, because I just wanted to get a picture. And I'm trying to, like, <laughs> I'm, and I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be that guy without being that guy. You know, so, like, I don't want to be the guy that sits down and, like, so, what have you been doing? Where are you going? Uh, how, how, what's your family like? You know, I just want to be like, hey, dude, I'm super, dis- you know, discreet. Snap a picture and I'll leave you alone, kind of deal. And so I'm like stalking him. My stupid camera wouldn't come up and work. And like he was kind of like looking over his shoulder, like, okay, what, is this guy going to say something or like, what's he doing? So I, I waited for him to kind of like stop and slow down. And he was like looking at a food place and like what they had on the menu. And I and I walked up to him. I was like, Kevin. And he sort of looked over and I was like, uh, if I'm really discreet, can I? Whoa, 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 whoa! You called him Kevin? I did. I think you got to go with Mr. Neal. I don't know. I said there. Kevin. I said Kevin to. No, no, no. I think you're wrong, though. I think you. I think proper etiquette. <sighs> I should have said Mr. Nealon, huh? Means that you got to call him Mr. Nealon, right. dude. I should have been like. I think Do- you made him mad. Doctor Nealon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I said, you know, he looked over and I was like, if, I, if I'm real discreet, can I t- snap a quick picture? And he was like, oh sure, sure. You know, he was like super cool. And then I snapped a picture. I was like, oh cool. And so I was like, it's really cool seeing you. And like I just like walked off. And then like at that point, he was like, wait, wait, wait. wait. You want to have lunch or hey, I can I. Yeah, <laughs> You're the simply human guy, right? And I was like, I oh, sorry, I, I'm, I'm trying to catch a you flight. Were, you were wearing your simply human shirt, by the way. <laughs> which, which was not one of the shirts. Like when I get my shirt shipment, I, you know, I like the last, like, like it happens a lot. Yeah, I know. You know, I, I picked out two or three of different colors that I kind of liked. The red was not one that I had picked out for me specifically. But when I put on my last remaining shirt on Monday morning to come home, there was like some weird like soap ball like all stuck to it and it was like as I was like trying to like pull it out like my shirt ripped and so I was like everyone email Mark and buy a soap ball yeah. <laughs> no, it was just it was just yeah it was just a regular disgusting. t-shirt I promise yeah. and, and I was like I was like no this is my last shirt what am I gonna do I don't have a shirt I was like panicking and I was like oh wait I have like 40 shirts in my suitcase uh, so I just it, grabbed when one I, when I open up your closet at your house does it look like uh, like the same closet from like the guy from Men in Black, it's just black suit, black suit, black suit, black simply suit. Simply human shirts. Is it just shirts? all these, like, a variety of simply human t-shirts just hanging on hangers? Speaking of simply human t-shirts, we are ordering more, and uh, I'm almost out of the yellow ones, and uh, and so I'm working with my t-shirt lady, a.k.a. Danessa, and uh, she is uh, she is making me some more shirts, so those will be coming soon, so keep, keep on the lookout for that. Um, what else do we need to talk about? Uh, the reviews. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So every week. So okay, here's a new segment. Okay, yes. <laughs> and now it's time for what crappy show is ranked higher than the Simply Human podcast on iTunes? Go. Okay. Uh, oh crap. Hang on. Can uh, I say? Ranked... I, I guess. Can I say crappy or should I? Should I not say crappy? You can say crappy. Okay. Crappy's all right. No, I mean like. I, for, I mean like. I, I know I can say crappy without bleeping it up, but like. For the show, like, what if I insult like the show producer? I think we're gonna. I think we're all. I think you're gonna be okay uh, here. Find out, like, 
this is not a real thing. Right. You okay. Know? So what? Ranked, what is it? Uh, if the, this show has no producers, what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Ranked in at 41st in the iTunes top charts of fitness and nutrition is a show called Exercise World Fitness Social Network, which is like <laughs> what we were talking about. We had to rename the show and just rename it like a bunch of random buzzwords that people search for. Uh, Exercise World Fitness Social Network, Exercise World Fitness and Nutrition. Uh, their last show was entitled Yoga 29. That is July 18th of 2008. Uh, <laughs> Six years. They have. Uh, I'm not. I, I don't understand. I feel like I need to f- like subscribe to this briefly and listen because they have like a bunch. Of, it's just real weird. Uh, yoga. The bunch of shows titled like Yoga 21, Yoga 22, Yoga 23, Yoga 24, and then before that, it's like Step Cardio B9, Step Cardio B8, Step Cardio B7, Step Cardio A1. And so I, I don't know what this is. Okay. I what I, here, okay. So. This. We're going to start having a 30-minute segment called, like, Yoga 48. And we're just going to be like, and I'm a dog. And You'll be more like upward dog. <laughs> and moon pose. And then maybe that'll that'll give us some, uh, is moon pose something? So, because if you, if you look at the list of the iTunes top 300, there's just all these, it, like, and we're not obsessed with, like, trying to max, like, be number one, but... Uh, it's weird because you'll look through them and there's shows that have like two episodes that haven't updated since like 2006. And you're like, how is that in the yeah. top 300? What is the deal? Right. And we've come to the realization that like the iTunes algorithm, the ranking is like just extraordinarily random. Right. That's all it is. So we're going to have a weekly segment. Yeah. What, which what show? weird, <laughs> uh, no longer in production show is beating ours. In yeah. The <laughs> when there's a, there's several to choose from. Yeah. Um, so, uh, go to the website, simplyhumanlifestyle.com. You can find links to the Facebook page, YouTube channel, all the good stuff. T-shirt information, uh, is all there. I was recently on, uh, the Beverly Meyer podcast. She interviewed oh, me. Oh yeah, she was on ours. Yeah. Yeah. She was yeah. on ours and she interviewed me. I'm not sure when the show is going to go up as soon as I know, I will let you guys know. Um, would love for y'all to buy a t-shirt. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at simplyhuman52. Would love for you to subscribe to the podcast. That's the big thing. Subscribe to it and uh, and listen. Tell a friend. Leave a review. Uh, we'd love for you to uh, help us out in that a way. A review that just says poop or butt. Poop or butt drive is still going on uh, yeah. while, while, supply, while supplies last. <laughs> <laughs> Like Believe me, they'll last. Yeah. <laughs> so without further ado, let us get to John Wellborn, where we talk about time travel talk, because we haven't talked to him yet. Yeah, we're going to talk to him in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. so All right, uh, here's John. Joining us today on the Simply Human podcast, you know, we, we just talked in the intro, we weren't exactly 100% sure we were going to get this guest, but guess what? We got him. This is not an imposter. We got John Welburn. He's a nine-year veteran of the NFL. He's the creator of CrossFit football. Uh, he's a strength CEO of Well Food Company, or the, the CEO of Well Food Company. I guess you could be a strength CEO. That's pretty cool. Uh, and he's a husband and father of twin girls. John, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. I also have, I don't have twin girls, but uh, I have two girls, and so oh, nice. uh, definitely feel your, feel your pain with the drama and the, the Disney princess uh, thing that's happening right now. So I did get my, I did uh, get, yeah. yeah, I got yeah, it. This, fro- this Frozen thing is completely taking us over, like my yeah. one daughter's obsessed with Frozen, so it's yeah. been a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have two, I, I can't, you know, ours are pretty close in age, so it's like, I can't just buy one thing. 
because you know the other one's going to want that one thing. So you have to buy two of everything. And so sort yep. of this uh, duplicity thing. So, um, uh, and Rick is on, the, is on the call as well. And so we just wanted to, to have you on and really talk about, um, I know you're, you have sort of this holistic approach as well, but we're going to sort of try to focus as much as we can on, the, on your background and on sort of the mobility and movement part of stuff. So if you would just kind of take us through your background at first, uh, obviously uh, uh, played football at Cal and, and uh, a long time in the NFL. So kind of take us through all that time and sort of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I grew up in California, grew up in Los Angeles, a place called Palos Verdes. Uh, played high school football there and then was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to go to UC Berkeley and went on there and uh, was a you know four-year letterman and uh, you know starter and I guess uh, you know graduated with a degree in rhetoric and then was able to work on my master's in my fifth year. Uh, 1999 I was drafted uh, second pick in the fourth round of the Philadelphia Eagles and I got drafted out to Philly and went out there and started um, you know for the next five years for the Eagles and then went to Kansas City uh, in my sixth year and started there for another four and then my last year which would have been my 10th season I went to New England Patriots and I ended up getting hurt in training camp and came home had knee surgery and was kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life and where I was going to go from there and as I was uh, rehabbing my knee on the couch and uh, you know basically prepping to go to law school because that's what I thought I was going to do I got a phone call about starting CrossFit football which is a sports specific uh, seminar series and website and kind of a sports specific version of what crossfit.com was doing. So it was how to use CrossFit and more importantly, CrossFit movements and this functional movements performed in high intensity model for athletics. And as I kind of sat back, I thought, Oh, you know what, this, this might be pretty cool and, um, something I'd like to do. And, you know, this CrossFit thing, even though it's relatively small, I had a, a feeling that it was going to be much bigger. I didn't realize it was going to grow to the extent that it has. And I said, you know what, I'll give it a try for a little bit and created a website. And I think the first day we launched, we had 17,000 hits and, Gosh. you know, 142 countries. And about a month later, I, I had a seminar which sold out. And for the next, you know, I, mean, I guess for the last four or five years, we've been doing that. And then uh, two years ago, I started uh, my own website. Actually, four years ago, I started my own website, Talk to Me Johnny, which was my blog. And then we evolved it into Power Athlete, which is really my brand and, and what I do. And we have a, a paid back end and, you know, forums and a whole kind of, you know, a, a for pay, you know, a version of it, which allows us to do some really, really hands on good coaching and train, you know, power athletes and people that are using, you know, this style of training for sports and athletics. Awesome. Now, going back to the to the NFL, just real quick. So you, did you graduate from Cal? Was it like 99? Was that your last year? Uh, yeah, my, well, actually my first year in the NFL was 99. So okay. I graduated in 97 and then in 98, I was able to do my master's work. Oh, cool. Okay. So, so who's your, like, and Rick, Rick is a big uh, NFL guy. So we're and and I'm sorry to say, I'm not a big NFL guy. I am a very small fan of the NFL. Okay. Small, small in nature. So. Okay. You're, you're, you're bigger than you, than you lead on. That's what she said. Um, so we're big Cowboys fans because we're from Dallas, and I know being okay. the, with the Eagles, that's a that's a big no no. So who like I'm trying to think, Rick. What like who are the uh, who was the quarterback for the Eagles in that time period? Uh, that's uh, Donovan McNabb, right? No. Yeah, I was drafted the same year as Donovan. He oh was yeah, pick and I was the fourth. Okay. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, very cool. So yeah. we just we, we usually are texting each other during the Cowboy games how much we hate the Cowboys. Um, so, uh, so, so we that's... hate watching them. We love them with. <laughs> 
wire, white hot fire uh, passion. I, yeah. We hate watching them because they drive us completely insane. <laughs> I don't know how you can be a Cowboys fan. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know uh, either, John. I really uh, don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, what's amazing is that uh, Jerry Jones Eagle will ride that franchise to the bottom of the league just following uh, Tony Romo. I'm just amazed. I mean, Tony Romo proved years ago that he wasn't the guy. And he comes out and he has one great game like he had a great game last week. And that what he did in that game will ride him for like another two years. Yep. Well, I, you know, I whatever what, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if we're 0-16. We are the most valuable franchise in the yes, world. Yes, that's true. We got an order that makes rap rap uh, music on pizza commercials. And, uh, you know, it's great. Yeah. It's really terrific. Yeah. I really <laughs> the Cowboys. My, my personal favorite is just how much Botox and skin work oh, he's had done. Gosh. I mean, it... it it, it, it's unreal. It looks like he could probably bounce a quarter off his face so it would go into space. I mean, I'm like, Jerry, I'm like, you're so rich. I'm like, I'm like, why go get all that plastic surgery? You just look ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, sorry, we had to go off on a little uh, NFL tangent there. But, um, okay. So, obviously, your background is uh, in football and obviously strength and conditioning, you know, coaches and all this kind of stuff. So, so what is your, I, I guess, you know, the question for our listeners is going to be like, what is the crossover? Like, how can all the stuff that you have learned over the years, you know, from coaches and in your own experience, can how, what's the, where's the crossover with just sort of like the regular person? Like, what what are the things that are the same for the NFL player and for the you know the middle aged mom who's just had her like third kid? Ah, uh, jeez. Uh... You know, that's um, that's never really a market that I really ever really focused on. <laughs> I mean, my market is, and I, you know, I'll, I'll probably sound like an elitist when I talk about it, but is really this kind of high performance, you know, big strong athlete that can really move. And um, what was pretty amazing is, you know, that's really the realm I lived in. And then when CrossFit approached me, I was more just kind of blown away, being like, so non-professional athletes want to know this stuff, and. <laughs> I, yeah, they were like, yeah, people want to know this stuff. And so what was what was really cool is for the first time I had an opportunity to, you know, train with people that weren't professional athletes and really help them with their programming and put them into a system, you know, based on progression and movement and, you know, different planes of motion and, you know, how uh, all the things that we had done to develop athletes and where we saw some of the biggest gains was was with our, you know, female athletes that were, you know, not necessarily, uh, you know, high-level performers or, uh, you know, or even playing sports, but just, you know, the girls in the gym that, you know, got better because they were lifting heavy weights, you know, moving through different planes of motion, doing pull-ups, doing all these kind of, you know, basic strength and conditioning stuff. And some of the best gains that we've seen is in our girl athletes and, more importantly, uh, just our everyday people. So it just kind of goes to show you that, you know, smart, uh, you know, uh, you know, good period or periodized, uh, you know, program with good progression really helps everybody. And, you know, we've seen a, a universal benefit to people doing strength training. And what was, uh, you know, when we really started this deal in 2009 and when I opened my own gym, it was amazing how, uh, you know, nervous girls were about getting bulky from lifting weights. Nice. And when I'd ask them what they were doing, I'm like, well, seeing as you do not understand anything about physiology, like let's talk about it a little bit. And I think just educating people in physiology that, you know, there's a very real way to, to create hypertrophy and size and muscle. And it involves, you know, a higher carb diet, uh, you know, light to moderate medium heavy weights for lots of reps, which looks exactly like what most girls do at the gym. Right. And, you know, all of a sudden you, you change up some of the diet stuff and, you know, you start, you know, really, uh, you know, get back to, uh, you know, eat real food type deal. And, 
you know, go lift heavy weights, sprint, rest, repeat, and, you know, try really avoid, uh, you know, a ton of, uh, you know, stress in terms of, you know, stressing their body. And, um, it, uh, really paid some nice dividends for us. Now, John, how much does the CrossFit approach, uh, that you're, that you're using to, to build athletes, how much does that differ from more like a, a traditional, like, you know, how you grew up, uh, you know, the types of exercise, the types of movements, the, the reps and weights and the combinations, how does that differ than like kind of an old school approach? Uh, well, the thing is, and, and for most people, they assume, you know, CrossFit's this new training style. What they don't realize is CrossFit and, and this kind of functional movements and what you're seeing in terms of circuits was really, you know, first theorized by the Russians in the 50s. So every football player in America has done some version of what you see in CrossFit. So, I mean, lift heavy weights, sprint, repeat, you know, metabolic conditioning. I remember I first heard the term metabolic conditioning in 1995. Uh, my Olympic lifting coach, who was our strength coach at Cal, we used to do blocks of metabolic conditioning that looked very, very similar to what you see in CrossFit. So, I mean, we always sprinted, did plyos, lifted weights, I Olympic lifted, and, you know, everything that you see, uh, well, not everything, but the basic premise of what you see in, in CrossFit is, um, you know, is things that athletes have been doing for a very long time. So, when I came to the CrossFit stuff, and I, I had no... Uh, really no exposure to CrossFit other than a friend of mine was doing CrossFit. He was asking me about helping him with his Olympic lifting. And then he recommended that I go to a seminar and I was like, yeah, it sounds like a good time. So I booked a, uh, a, I guess I, I bought a seat at one of their seminars and this was like a year in advance cause they were so sold out. And then when all of a sudden the dates started coming up, I was like, ah, oh, geez, uh, I really, really, oh, geez, hold on. <laughs> sorry, lost you. Man down, man board. down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was, um, bought a seat and then all of a sudden, like, you know, the time's clicking up and I'm looking at this thing being like, man, I really don't want to go to this, but I spent a thousand bucks on it. So I was like, oh, I'll go. And when I showed up, uh, I hadn't read any of the material and I hadn't really even been on the website, but I just showed up to be interested to learn. And what they were talking about made a lot of sense. I mean, there were some things that didn't make sense to me, but, um, you know, there was a lot of things and I could see what they wanted to do and it really just, you know, made sense. I mean, it was, uh, they were taking an approach at the time that, you know, a way that athletes were training and they were kind of bringing it to the masses and really getting people out of this kind of, you know, go to the gym and, you know, do some back and buys and, and then, you know, get on the treadmill and walk for 30 minute type of deal, you know, so they started pushing for performance and, um, you know, it's pretty, pretty apparent that, you know, when you stop worrying about how you look and you start kind of really gauging your, you know, your progress on performance and all of a sudden everybody gets in shape and everybody starts feeling better and everybody starts having a lot more fun. Right. So, so what are like, in your opinion, working with like the elite level athletes, you know, like what are the basics? What, like what, you know, like being able to feel a grounder, you know, it's like the best shortstop in the, in the major leagues has to be able to do that. Is so does the, like the kid in little league. So like, what are like with the movement basics that are fundamental to being able to perform at your highest level? Uh, if you really think about any type, you know, like from just a basic movement perspective, I mean, at least the way we, we really break up our own training isn't this idea that there's seven planes of movement, really seven planes of motion, seven movement patterns that the human body can do. Really, there's only three that the lower body can do. And if you were to put them on a, uh, on an axis, your X, Y, and Z axis, um, those three movements are a squat, which is a bilateral hip hinge. You can step up and you can lunge. And any type of movement that you do with your lower body and what we really, or how I define athleticism is the seamless transition of those X, Y, and Z axis in space. So, uh, you know, for our athletes, the basic thing we ask them to do is can they squat, can they, can they lunge, and can they step up? 
and can they do it in a way that's you know both uh, you know uh, you know aesthetically pleasing and you know can we add certain implements in certain ways to challenge that type of movement and start challenging their posture and position through space and then for the upper body it would be an upper body push upper body pull horizontal pull push and a horizontal pull now you can do other things out on the peripheral but those are just combinations of the two so when we really start working with our athletes where we stay where we start day one is can you do these seven basic movements and you can challenge those movements any way you want you know different heights different lengths different implements bars speed i mean there's a million different ways to to challenge this stuff but really when i go back and design programming and start working with our athletes we start with those seven planes of motion and we move out from there very good. And, and you know, weightlifting, you kind of touched on this earlier when you're talking about, like, you know, how, how a lot of girls and women don't want to lift weights because they don't want to be all bulky. You know, like, weightlifting has gotten a bad rap. It's like if you if you tell someone you lift weights, well, they'll either say, well, have fun now because when you're older, you're not going to be able to do that. Or you better not squat, you know, below parallel. It's bad for your knees. Or it's, oh, lifting weights is bad for your back. Kind of, kind of talk about some of the negative sort of stigmas that, that are around weightlifting and why they're wrong. Um, you know, I'm never surprised by the idiocy of people (laughs) and it seems to be like daily I'm encumbered by some moron and I hear things like this and it's like, you know, I, I, I remember being told don't squat below parallel because it'll hurt your knees. And I remember being like, well, if our knees weren't meant to get to full range of motion, then why didn't we just naturally grow a block in there? I mean, it's just, I, yeah, I, I really have no idea on that one. And the other big one is, um, you know, this idea that somehow lifting weights is going to make you big and bulky. And, you know, uh, for a lot of girls, they just don't have the chemistry to necessarily put on a ton of muscle. I mean, if you look at, you know, you know where muscle comes from and you look at testosterone and you look at hypertrophy and how the whole thing kind of comes into play, uh, it's, it's, it's not that easy. And what, what's even more hilarious for me with a lot of girls is I know guys that spend thousands of dollars a month on supplements, food, training, going to the gym to try to get as big and strong as they can, and they fail miserably. And yet some girl thinks she's going to walk into the gym, and day one she's going to be shredded with like you know massive muscles look like she's gonna step on and win the olympia i'm like come on like like you know this idea of uh, you know living in an alternate reality really exists but yeah it just blows my mind i mean the um you know the other big one is uh oh yeah you know lifting weights is going to be bad because when you get older and i'm like dude i've read hundreds of studies that talk about you know the more muscle you carry uh your natural ability to fight off sickness disease and and uh you know cancer and other problems is you know greatly reduced that actually muscle is you know in a in a sense we used to joke this idea of like uh, creating a meat suit of armor that you're gonna you know this <laughs> this muscle that i put on is going to protect me and if you go on and you take a look as you extend that out press you know 30 40 50 60 70 years old the people that actually carry lean more lean body mass they're a bit or uh, you know their chance of you know, contracting illness, sickness, cancer, and all these different things is exponentially different than those yeah. that don't. Yeah, actually, so, I mean, I, this is my this is the know. second anniversary of uh, when I was hit and run over. Uh, I was riding my bike and uh, a, a PT cruiser. It wasn't a big truck. It was a little little sissy car, but nonetheless, a car ran over me, and I didn't. I I, I had a pretty nasty gash in my leg, but I didn't break any bones. And so, like when you say like the meat suit of armor, <laughs> that's kind of like what I think of. Like yeah. I'm wearing a meat suit of armor. I didn't break any bones. Like what? Like a car ran over my leg, and I didn't break anything. Like how's that work? Oh, it's because we're like you know I'm I'm you know I'm not like huge muscle bound guy or anything, but it's like I've got muscle mass on me. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, uh, uh, Jim Wendler, who wrote the book 531, is a buddy of mine. And I remember he was riding his motorcycle and he got hit by a car and went like 30 feet in the air and like flew like, you know, 30 feet in distance and literally landed in a ditch. <laughs> and he like kind of like got up and he was, you know, banged up and sore. But for the most part, he walked away and he was fine. Yes. And, the doc- and they, they were like, you know, because you lift weights and you're a big, strong guy. Uh, I can give you countless amount of uh, stories with that. I mean, people ask us all the time, like, how, you know, how did you survive that many hits? How did you be able to take that abuse huh. in your body? I'm like, because we lifted weights, we trained, you know, you, uh, you know, were, you know, grew up within the system where, you know, all of a sudden when you're a kid, the hits that you take and as you get bigger and you get stronger, those hits, you know, grow exponentially. But, you know, from, for most guys, it's still the same hits they were taking when they were a kid just because, uh, you know. Over time, you take a look at it. So, I, I, I'm really a firm believer that you know, if you eat a real food diet, um, you know, like you said, you sleep and you do all the little things right. You go and lift weights and and uh, you know, do all the right kind of training stuff. And you know, like we said, you know, you know, the idea of of doing you know big functional movements and really just learning to use your body and that whole deal in space. I think you really are, are far far ahead of the game. Right. Now, John, a couple times you talked about eating a real food diet, and that's something that we talk a lot about on the show. Uh, you know, eat like a human, move like a human, sleep like a human, enjoy life like a human. But the the eating like a human, if I recall correctly, you're a pretty big guy. I mean, you're an offensive lineman. You're six, five, six, six. Six, six. Uh, yeah. how, how much was your playing weight? Like probably three, fifteen, three twenties. Yeah, I was three, three oh eight. Yeah, three oh eight, three ten. How much is your nutritional? I mean, first of all two-part question i guess number one how difficult is that from a nutritional standpoint to constantly be taking in enough to sustain that just large amount of body mass and number two how much is your uh since your playing days are over how much has your approach altered changed or is it basically the same from a nutritional standpoint you don't hear very many football players talking about you know uh you know real food diets and stuff like that you know well uh when i played um it was it was kind of an interesting deal in that the more I ate, the leaner I was. So I think it went my best. I was right around eight percent body fat, about just under three hundred ten pounds, and that was like two hundred eighty two pounds of lean muscle. And somewhere around there, I was eating like six or seven thousand calories a day. And I remember when I just physically couldn't eat that much anymore. And so I remember cutting my calories in half and. You know, I came down in body weight, but the thing that really came down was my muscle mass. It was just, you know, uh, to be able to sustain that much. I mean, where people are so confused is this idea that, hey, you know, I'm going to eat less. And over time, I guess that does work. But, you know, to really be able to feed that. But, you know, when I played, that was my full-time job. That's all I did. I mean, I would lift weights. I would train. I would eat. And I would sleep. And I was going to say, uh, when you guys were going through your, like, eat like a human, I always cut up the, uh, the you know, like, like you said, like, move like a human. The other big one I always liked was sleep like a bear. You know, yeah. the guys that can get in there and sleep a lot. And, you know, the idea of just eating real foods, it, uh, you know, that really came about right around the year 2000. Um, I think it was my second year in the NFL, and I got a bunch of blood work done. And uh, one of the deals was a food allergy panel. And when I got all my food allergy stuff back, it was pretty voluminous. I mean, like, dude, I had a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, everything that was, like, wheat, rye, barley. I mean, it was uh, soy. I mean, corn. I mean, there was all these food allergies and I remember the doctor giving me this list of like red foods, yellow foods, and green foods. And I was like, okay. He's like, don't eat the red foods. You can occasionally eat the yellow foods and stick with the green foods. And um, you guys want to take a guess on what the green foods were? 
Well, I I, uh, I hesitate because like hey, is this is like a doctor that was like with the conventional wisdom and he's telling you to eat like you know oatmeal and cereal and uh, low fat. No, uh, no, this was a uh, a research scientist, not even a doctor, a, doc- a um, guy with this PhD and you know analyzes blood and work with cancer patients. It's so like meat, wrote, meat, butter, yeah. vegetables, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was like, like, yeah, it was pretty much what you see in not really like, you know, what, like a traditional paleo diet in the way Lauren Cordain kind of put it, but it was more, uh, you know, like evolved more like what I do with Rob Wolf. Um, yeah, it was, a uh, you know, eat meat and it had like, you know, uh, a little higher fat content and it was uh, vegetables, a little bit of fruit, you know, more starchy stuff and it was just, you know, super basic and it, you know, his, his whole deal was, Hey, stick to one ingredient. You stick to this list, you'll be fine. And it was amazing. Yeah. All of a sudden, as I started eating on that, uh, with those foods on the list, you know, things like inflammation where all of a sudden my knee would swell up, just went away. Uh, you know, pain in my ankle after the game didn't exist. My hands didn't swell the same way after I played. And, uh, I just started feeling better. I started sleeping better. My performance went up and I just naturally stuck to this, these foods. And then, uh, when I met Rob Wolf in 2008, he starts talking to me those pale- about this paleo deal. And, uh, I kind of laughed a little bit and he's like, what's funny. I'm like, you know, you're just figuring this stuff out now. And I yeah. talked to him about my diet and he's like, he's like, so you just naturally found this stuff. I was like, yeah, I found it because of the, all the, uh, uh, all, all the, all the, uh, allergy testing I was doing because I had this idea that, you know, if I can reduce the amount of inflammation and the damage to my immune system really through that small intestine, you know, uh, then my immune system can be 100% focused on doing what it should, which is helping me recover from my training, helping me do all the little things that I need to do. And so, uh, you know, that was the approach for a number of years and it seemed to work very well. And it only since then within the last couple of years, have we seen all the research and a lot of it's come out that actually that was uh, pretty heady and a little ahead of its time. Yeah. I got, I work with some uh, division one college athletes, uh, in, in the, uh, uh, city that I live in and, you know, they, some of them will get flagged if like they're losing too much weight during the season or something. And so I, I've been having these like one-on-one meetings and basically the, the message that I'm telling them is like, you guys are student athletes. That is inherently a stressful sort of like an inflammatory thing. I mean, there's no way around it. And so, you know, these guys are just, you know, they're getting terrible sleep. They're traveling some, you know, every other weekend, they're getting home at, you know, four in the morning on Sunday morning. I mean, you know, the drill it's like, and then you got to start it all over again on Monday. It's like, how can we be as anti-inflammatory as possible within this inflammation context? And I, you know, and I'm telling them like, you know, avoid this. And it's really hard for the freshmen because I'm telling the freshmen like go to bed and they're living in the dorms, which is like a cesspool of light and disease. (laughs) Like then like they don't have a kitchen, so they can't like cook their own food it's just it's really really hard the system that's set up to try to fight inflation now if you're not a freshman college football player it's much easier um but but it's all about fighting inflammation and uh and and you know letting your body like you said sort of do what it's designed to do so like our bodies are these incredible things so if you give a kid for instance who's developing and growing a brain and all these muscles and everything like some food that's not ideal that body is going to adapt and it's going to figure out a way to to grow and to to develop but at what cost you know like uh, what is it taking away from that it's that it's you know trying to do these other sort of prioritized functions so uh yeah i think that's that's a big message uh just trying to get people to to understand inflammation and stress and kind of how that affects them so John, in the NFL locker room, did you were your you know thoughts about nutrition, thoughts about exercise, all that stuff? 
were you kind of like on the outside or was that is that pretty conventional wisdom like uh, as far as eating and moving that like just is slowly making its way out to like the regular general public no see the, the NFL is a is a let me see how I put this is a collection of genetic freaks. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, you have guys who, you know, I was telling, I, I was at a, I, I, I just, I was in Germany yesterday, so I just got home uh, last night from Germany. We taught a seminar in Nuremberg, and uh, I was telling a story during the nutrition talk that I played with a guy who was, you know, six foot one, 190 pounds, 185 pounds, was 3% body fat. Uh, he was so shredded that he had muscles that, I'm pretty sure from that I didn't know from my anatomy book. I remember like seeing the dude with the shirt off and being like, "What is that? What, what muscle is that?" Like, hey, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen that muscle. And um, you know, I was convinced he had extra muscle. And uh, his diet consisted of chicken McNuggets that were yep. literally he would uh, call them frosted McNuggets because he would uh, dip them in salt. So he would cut, he put salt down. He would kind of go and he would drink cokes. And fries Gosh. For, yeah. for, for two, two or three meals a day. And he ran about a four two forty, and he was 3% body fat and was absolutely shredded. Yeah. Um, well, and the reason I'm asking this is I was doing some reading this week about you were there during Andy Reid uh, when he was the coach of the, of the Eagles. And I guess he had like yeah, fast did. food Fridays and taco Tuesdays. And I was like, and hearing you say this, you know, whole food and eat vegetables and all this is like, well, that I wonder if that runs contrary because you hear all these stories about guys first yeah. couple of years in the league, every sport you know eating garbage eating, drinking cokes sprites and, you know eating fast food and they always if they're you know they always start making a commitment towards nutrition when they get into their 30s if they're going to last that long and that's why i was curious <laughs> it's like yeah, you know, no, the conventional it's, wisdom. it's uh, andy reed definitely liked his junk food and you know <laughs> what was nice is the when we went into the new facility i think it was my second or third year and we had this sick cafeteria he hired one of these you know pretty high level chefs from somewhere in Center City to come in and be our full-time guy. And that guy made all that because Andy loved it. Andy is a, uh, you know, big dude, you know, chubby dude, and he loves to eat. And uh, he's got a big, you know, I mean, that's just his deal. And uh, what was cool, though, is I remember, like, talking with the guy, and he's like, anything you want to bring in, I'll cook for you. We have a smoker out back. Dude, so I would so come awesome. in in the morning, and I'd bring, like, steaks or whatever I was going to bring for, for dinner. And I'd give them to him, and he would cook those, and I'd pick them up and leave or, you know, uh, whatever we wanted for breakfast and whatnot. And then, like, you know, once a week, I would bring in, like, a big turkey or uh, <laughs> a prime rib or something, and the guy would cook it for and the guy would cook it for me, and it was epic. And, uh, you know, so, uh, like, if if you have a desire to do it, you can make it work. The problem is people are lazy, and it's just a cop-out to be like, oh, well, I don't want to put the prep work in. So it just becomes kind of easy. But uh, for me, it just, uh, I knew that if I ate like that, I didn't perform as well, and it didn't feel as good. And it was kind of natural where I was like, well, dude, if I eat like this, I'm stronger, I do better. And, you know, guys ate like they wanted, but at the end of the day, you know, results are what pay the bills. And, you know, when all of a sudden, you know, you get out there and you're able to perform at a high level, I think people, you know, look to that and say, hey, what, what are you doing? And guys can make a decision or they can't. Yeah, it's funny. Like, we all know people that just, like, eat whatever they want and are just rail thin. And that's just a fuel partitioning thing. That's just a genetic, okay, you know, you, you won the lottery on that deal, you know, it's like, but for the most of us, the rest of us, you know, it's like, it's not that easy for the large majority of people out there, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, eating like that is, will have detrimental effects. But yeah, like, uh, it's just, it's so crazy when you see people like that, that are like, 
how does that even how does that even work? Well, uh, yeah, and and, and the, the problem is, is it's usually they're the guys, you know, like you see all the time, dudes, you know, shredded out, and he's just eating, you know, donuts and being like, "Well, this is what you should do." Right. And it's like, <laughs> right. it, just, it, it just always makes me laugh. Where you know you have people that either create training systems or diets, all that based solely on what works for them. Will this right. work for me? Well, and I'm like, eh, well, just because it worked for you doesn't mean it works for everybody. So what I like to do, especially for our training stuff, I mean. You know, when I launched the CrossFit football site, I mean, we ran it for years before we, uh, you know, really went back and, and uh, you know, even created Power Athlete and a lot of these other brands. It was just because we needed to test everything. I know it worked for me, but I didn't know if it would work for the for the masses. You know, I understood the physiology. I understand what I wanted to do. I knew the reps. I knew how to kind of, you know, skin it and put it together based on my own progress and what I'd seen about people around me. But until you really put it out there and, you know, we were able to get, you know, hundreds of thousands of people to do this program and everybody got a very, very similar result. And then we were fortunate to travel the world, uh, myself and, and, and the guys that work for me. Um, and go visit all these people and teach seminars. I mean, we've taught seminars in the Arctic Circle to New Zealand and everywhere in between, uh, you know, taught hundreds of these things to thousands of athletes and everybody that had been doing the training system had the same results. Everybody got bigger, everybody got stronger, everybody got faster, everybody got healthier based on that style of eating. So all of a sudden, you know, that's why I think, you know, most people that really, you know, offer programming or diet stuff, they, you know, hey, this is what I do, this will work for you and, you know, how many people do they actually use it on and then, you know, pay me my $39 so you can buy my book, a post from We Did It Different. We put a free program out there and let hundreds of thousands of people do it. Then went and visited them, got all the data points and knew exactly what worked and huh. didn't work. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, well, I can't believe it. That we are out of uh, out of time. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you to the last question here, which is, and this doesn't have to have anything to do with anything we've just talked about. It can be completely different. It's, it is, what is one thing that you enjoy about life? Or something you do to make life more enjoyable? Um, you know, my secret to life is really balance. Um, I try to be balanced in everything, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, time with the kids or, you know, like I, uh, you know, I really enjoy cars and motorcycles and, and, you know, mechanical stuff. And so, you know, if it's, if it's working on my own things or, you know, uh, you know, my, uh, the latest project we've been working on for the last year has been some renovation at the house and a big thing that, um, uh, you know, for me especially is like I have to have this idea that you're never too good to do something. So for me, it's like, uh, hey, I can do that. And, you know, whether it's, you know, planning stuff or even, you know, breaking out concrete or doing some little things uh, or big things. And I remember my wife being like, oh, you know, you don't have the time for that or, you know, just pay somebody to do it. And I'll be like, you know what, I'll, I'll get this done because I, I always looked at it like the day that you're too good to do something or you won't get your hands dirty. I think it's probably time to go walk head into traffic. <laughs> so that, that, that was a big one. And then, you know, like you said, like, uh, you know, like it's amazing, uh, to be around my kids to like, see that kind of, you know, that innocence and like how, how much fun that they gather from such basic things. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's just, you know, about having balance and, you know, like you said, man, like, um, you know, just doing all the little things and just have balance in your life and just never be over day, you know, uh, you know, over consumed by any one thing. Right. So awesome. Awesome. That's a good answer. That's what I do. Cool, man. Well, uh, before I let you go, what, give me the websites uh, that you want me to, to put in the show notes and everything. Like where can people find you? You can find me at uh, powerathletehq.com and crossfitfootball.com. The easiest ways. And you can find me at, at, at John Wellhorn on Twitter. Awesome. Yeah, I'll link to all that stuff. All right, man. Well, I sure appreciate it. I know uh, I completely like 
jacked up our uh, our schedule that we had a couple weeks ago uh where i'm like i'm ready to go and you're like uh we're not doing this right now you moron and i was like <laughs> crap and so that thank you for uh for working with me and getting back on the show and i'm sure uh I'm sure like, we have we have something called the Humans Being Human segment, which is just basically like a 10 to 15 minute segment where it's just like crazy stories. And I'm sure that you have many of them uh, from your NFL days. So we'll have to have you back on on the Humans Being Human segment at some point. <laughs> cool. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, John. See you. Thanks, buddy. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you, John. Uh, we'll link to all his stuff in the show notes. He has a really cool... Uh, uh, now, if we got into this in the interview, forgive me for bringing it back up, but he has a really cool uh, sort of a Rambo movie story. Like one of his uh, you know, Talk to Me Johnny things is from Rambo, and he's like big into the Rambo movie, which is pretty great. Um, so anyway, so I'll, I'll link to all his stuff in the show notes. Uh, really cool guy and smart, a wealth of knowledge. So... Coming up on the Humans Being Human segment, it is hopefully what you're about to hear is one of my friends who will we'll kind of, like we did with Toby, we'll just call him Greg. One of my best friends on earth, Greg. All right, joining us today on the Humans Being Human segment, we're big liars. We said it was my friend Greg, but apparently Greg has many meetings with the President of the United States over the last three days. <laughs> That's way He's too just, busy. He has a cell phone each year just going, buy, sell, buy, sell, <laughs> buy, sell, like nonstop. He's too busy to meet with us. He doesn't have 10 <laughs> minutes to stop buying and selling to, to talk to me. So we, we brought in a surprise guest. Her name is Jen, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Jennifer Barker, who unfortunately, uh, about 12 years ago, married yours truly, and now her name is Jen Rogers, my wife, Jen. Yes. It's <laughs> quite an introduction, Mark. Hi. And if there's anyone that probably she, has a treasure trove of yeah. ridiculous stories, it's probably Jen, because she's married to you, and yeah. you do ridiculous stuff. I'm not going to say a daily basis, mm. but like oh. weekly? Weekly, is no. that... Daily or hourly would be more accurate. Hourly. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> it was funny when I said that at the intro, she didn't disagree with me. She was like, yeah, that's pretty much how I feel. <laughs> 12 year prison sentence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we, we have some, I guess Jen has some stories that she would like to tell. And uh, I think we thought of three. So, By the way, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you guys in the same house right now? Like one's in one room on Skype and the other's in the other room on yes. Skype? Is that how we're doing it? That's this? how we're doing it. Yes. It's like how my wife and I will communicate via Facebook. We're next to each other on <laughs> right. the couch. I'm in the uh, the townhome that I, 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 she makes me go live at on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> That's called an outhouse. <laughs> and take the kids with you. Yeah, seriously. Uh, not to mention the 24 hours of hell we just went through that involved lots of vomit and spit and throw up uh, and diarrhea. Yeah, I'm sure everyone could do without him. Yeah, yeah, we have lots of poop. It's very human-like to poop all over yourself and also to vomit nonstop. That's the most human of all basic things. Just running around vomiting, pooping, and just humping things. It's the ultimate human. You just described my fat beagle. (laughs) Okay, sorry This first, This first story, Jen, tell the one, we'll do these in chronological order. This one started, or this one happened about two months after, maybe like a month after we were married. We were moving into uh, a very small, what we call the shack house. It was. And uh, by, by the way, have you ever been inside of an IKEA? Yes. 
Yeah. You know how they have like those displays of like the 150 square foot house? Uh-huh. It's like it's very impeccably decorated. And you're like, man, I could live in this thing. Yeah. Every time we go in one of those, it reminds me of that first house you guys lived in. Like, <laughs> it's very, very small, but everything's very nice. Right. It's, a, it's a nice space. And it's cl- I was like, man. Okay. Yeah, this is what that's like. So, anyways, we, we actually just moved into this. House. We lived in that house, Rick, when you and I were doing the radio show. Yeah, that's which right. Is the uh, crazy we were thing. on yeah. radio and TV together, yeah. and when you and I watched that movie, The Ring, <laughs> we watched it at my house. Yeah. Like, uh, people watch this haunted VHS tape, and like after they see this image on the tape, their phone rings like ten seconds later, and then they have like something like twenty four hours until they die. Well, Mark and I watched this movie. Were you there for this, Jim? I don't remember this. Okay, I think it was. Just, I think you were out of town, but me and Mark watched this movie, and I'm not kidding you. Right when it was done, me and Mark were like, huh, "Yeah, that's that's not scary." And then the phone rings, and we both <laughs> look at each other like, "We're gonna do." We started making we started making out with each other, thinking this is the last thing we were ever gonna You're do. The last person I'm ever gonna see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. Okay. So I have a tendency to when I'm doing, it's gotten better over time. No, don't comment on that, Jen. But uh-huh. doing home improvement tasks that I would, I get sometimes I get a little frustrated with these tasks that that are frustrating, and I was trying to put up hang up some curtain rods and i guess jen take it from there well this was my my first experience with mark getting frustrated with one of these home improvement tasks (laughs) but he was hanging curtain rods above the window as they should be hung and he was using an electric drill and i he kept missing or the drywall was too thin and it was the holes would be too big and then the screw would be loose and i said why don't you just use a regular screwdriver? That's what I did when I hung them at my college house. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of sent him over the edge. He looked at me like, you crazy broad. That's not what I was thinking. (laughs) No, he probably said it. And so he just stepped down off the ladder and I thought, oh, and he gathered his things, his dinner that I had packed for him. Which was pasta and chicken. Pasta with ragu or something. And he walked outside. This is like at midnight, door. by the way. Yeah, this is, it, I mean, you know, in the middle of the night. We would, hang, we would not <laughs> when, when hang it, curtain When else would that, someone hang curtains? Exactly. So he walked out. Well, he stormed outside, slammed the door, and I was like, well, I'll never see that guy again. <laughs> Thank God. All over curtain rods. That's the straw that breaks the camel's back, is it? Mark can't figure out how to, like, hang curtains. Okay, can I can I, can I I say what happened outside? Because Jen wasn't there. I was only, I was by myself. So I went outside. I was, like, uh, steaming, horribly, frustratedly mad. And I went outside to, like, cool down. And I just, I started eating my pasta and ragu like a human with no, no with no like utensils. Like a Neanderthal. Right, like, right. And I just started, like, <laughs> I just I just started, like, grabbing the pasta, like, shoving it into my mouth, like, just like going like it's like trying to like relieve some like tension just like oh! like I was so mad and I was there was like pasta sauce all over my face I was just oh! and then I was finally like I kind of that kind of calmed me down well, now back now back to Jim so then I begrudgingly opened the door no, and no, thought, well, oh, I, no, well, hold on I knock hold on hold on hold on no 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 Jen, Jen, Jen no, no no I knock on the oh. door I knocked on the door Right after I had kind oh, of yes. calmed down, after going th- over, like, eating this pasta and ragu sauce, like, crazy, and there was stuff all over my face, and now I was, we got it. Now, we got it. <laughs> so now I was calm. now I was calmed down, Jen doesn't know I'm calmed down, so I, I calm down, and I'm like, okay, hey, this is silly, I go, and I knock on the door, 
Why do you knock on the door? It's your house. Right. It's like I was just I was she was gonna open the door. She was gonna (laughs) probably she was gonna open the door and I and like we were gonna laugh about this. Right, no, but I opened the door and thought he had gone outside and taken an axe to his face. Because there was ragu all over him, and so I screamed bloody murder and immediately went like, to my knees crying. Like horror movies, because she thought I had gone outside and was so mad that I just like started mutilating myself. Like you're so, f- and she has no idea because you've been married for like 10 seconds. Yeah. yeah. She has no idea that you're, you have, you're so full of rage that this can send you into like, you go outside and just start stabbing your face. <laughs> <laughs> like sackcloth and ashes, and you're just scraping your face with like a, a Rambo knife. And like, and she looked at my hands and of course my hands have, have pasta sauce. Alone. She, she thought my hands were bleeding. So yeah, so she screams and like collapses down in a, in a heap thinking that I'm dying. And you're like, and I'm like, huh? what? Oh, sorry, I'm an idiot. Yeah. He's like, no, it's just the pasta. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> so I don't think I spoke to him for like three or four days yeah. after that. I got the That's curtain. That's classic time. Roger's temper. By the yeah, way. yeah. Oh, like, uh, don't screw with me. <laughs> <laughs> like to be, like to fly into such like a hysterical rage <laughs> over something like that really I is like a, a very rocks. small thing but then like instantly to instantly be like oh, okay that's that's over that's yeah that's that was stupid I'm, all, I'm good okay there were cu- there were a couple more i think we have time for these um so in that's i guess both of these happened in that same no 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 this was at a different house we moved to a rent house that was a little bit bigger than the 420 square feet that that house was so we moved in this rent house and little did i know and that was something she didn't know about me something i didn't know about her was she's like the vacuum queen her grandmother her mom and her they, they vacuum like twice a day they have to have like the top of the line vacuums like we can that's a whole thing but just just setting up the story they are like the vacuum experts of the universe and i didn't realize this so we're uh like cleaning up and like she's doing the kitchen or something or, or cleaning in, up in the living room and she asked me to go vacuum like this little sort of game area, I don't know like a, a sort of a living area it was a garage turned into just like a room that was that was on the other side of the house well we, we called it the guest room but guest it was, room, yeah. I mean it had a bed and a desk yeah I don't know what it was so that's the uh, Mark has pissed you off and has to go sleep in the yeah. room Right. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> so I was, I was like, I'm not gonna vacuum. Like we just vacuumed like two days ago. This is ridiculous. Well, so, and we never went in that room. So Mark's rationale was, we just vacuumed two days ago. No one goes in here. I'm not doing this. So we really could give it, you know, so vacuum in that room. So to trick her, Which, from a, from a man's standpoint, that makes total sense. Right. So to trick her, I was just going to turn the vacuum on and just hold it up <laughs> in the air. So the vacuum is this room, going. by the way, is this room like 100 yeah. feet by 500 feet? No. Is it like vacuuming a football field? No, it's like 10 by 10 no. or something. Yeah. Okay, like, so it would have taken you two seconds, two minutes to right. vacuum. This it, would have take, it would have taken more effort or to less. vacuum than it would have to just stand there and hold the vacuum up with my arm. Like He thought more about not vacuuming the room than as if he had <laughs> yeah. just done it and so, it had been over with. Little, little do I know that the vacuum queen, it's like if uh, a mechanic hears an engine, he's like, yep, yeah, that's a 47 magnum. <laughs> Pitch pipe. Well, I don't know. Whatever. The mechanic would say it. Yeah. Things, I don't think those are real words. So Mark stands at the entrance of the room and just plugs it in and holds it up. And I'm like, yep, that's a Dyson, not so moving. She immediately <laughs> understands that I'm not vacuuming. Well, and you can, like, uh, it's called the, 
Oh, what's it called? Never mind. It's like you can hear the uh, hear it going back and right. Forth. You can right. hear it moving in a room. Right. You can yes. also tell if it's not moving. Right. So she comes it's running in there. The, the Doppler effect. I yeah. Believe, is yeah. What that's yes. So she comes running in there, like to catch me, and I'm just standing there, like holding the vacuum up, and she's like, <laughs> "So there was an issue. We had an issue there with that." And then <laughs> you're just so. looking at. Oh, there's a problem with the, uh, uh, yeah. the vacuum. Yeah. Rotary girder on the inline specs. He's like, I was, I was going to do it. I was just looking at the vacuum. Yeah. I, like, actually, yeah, when I was I a little bet. kid, I had a, a cousin that told a story. Or no, uh, I'm sorry. I'm getting those things confused. My mom told me to vacuum, and she came home, and I totally didn't vacuum. And she's like, I can tell because you there's no the carpet isn't moved over. Like, mm-hmm. you can tell, like, where the vacuum tracks through. So the next time she told me to vacuum uh, – I spent like three hours meticulously going over, like making fake vacuum tracks all through the house, and it took me like three hours, <laughs> as opposed to like the just 20 vacuuming. Minutes, uh, I just freaking vacuum the house. Just vacuum the house. Oh man, we're such a ridiculous tribe. Seriously. All right, we'll do one more. Uh, this is a quick one. So in that in that same rent house, I, uh, our little pantry, sort of like a portable pantry we had because we didn't have a real pantry, was around. Oh, this is the first rent house. This, this is the first house. Or the second house. So this is the second house. Second. This is our rent okay, house. Okay. So like around the corner of the living room was like this little portable sort of freestanding pantry where we kept all our stuff. So we had some cake or something. This is like twelve years ago. Oh yeah, very yeah. This is forever ago. Last week. So yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Cake. <laughs> so we had some cake or something and i was i can't remember what the deal was but there was a deal where like i wasn't supposed to be eating the cake it was it was either i had a had enough or, or b was supposed to be saving her some or something where i i was done with the cake eating <laughs> and so i go in and okay t- t- go from there okay i was sitting on the couch watching tv but when you flip on the light there would be a, a nice shadow that would come in and you could see whatever was happening in the other room because of the shadow with that light on. And I told Mark when he walked in there, I was like, hey, don't you eat that cake. I'm not. I'm done with the cake. I, okay, I got it. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to eat the cake. I'm just going to get some. Get off my back, woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like watching. He doesn't know that this shadow effect happens. I, that was a secret. So imagine me like looking over, <laughs> looking over. I'm like looking over both shoulders and like, okay, she's in there. She's watching TV. Playbook to like, I yep. can never tell him about this. He'll know. Yep. <laughs> he will not find out about the shadow. So he walks in and he's digging in the pantry and he lifts the top off the cake thing. And I see him. It's like huge shadow of him lifting the top off the cake and he's doing it very slow like, like from big, a hitchcock movie. yeah big cast soup. over the yes. entire wall yeah huge. yes really that's he's what it holding was. up the cake and i watch him hold it up and then reach in to grab a piece of the cake and i was like i see you eating that cake and he's like lowers it down very slowly he's like i wasn't eating the cake like crumbs are like all yeah. over his mouth <laughs> yeah he's like oh, cool. yeah cool. So, so idiot he there. got busted on the cake deal. That, those are some what like uh, those stories belong like in sitcoms. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, I really feel like that's uh, like those should be written into a television series. <laughs> like like they should when, be on. Family it's like Matters. when Bill Cosby ate the cake and, and he put paper towels in. The oh my gosh! See, okay, yeah. me and you are about to get like on like a five-hour <laughs> tangent because we're like the world's foremost experts in the Cosby Show. Period. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking about. We were telling this is this where he's like. Cuts the hole in the middle of the, the middle. cake and then fills it full of paper towels. And then tried the to do that over the top. Yeah, I tried to do that once. It did not work out uh, <laughs> at, at all. But <laughs> Jen, I'm glad that you oh, put up with Mark because, like, uh, I'm, you're like, the, 
if you subscribe to the theory that for like every human being on planet Earth, there's like only like a handful, like possibly even one other person for them to match with, <laughs> you are the glove to Mark's fingers. Uh, there's no other person that could put up with his shenanigans and just take no. it with a smile or a giggle like you like or a, a rolling of the eye <laughs> yeah. that you do. I'm glad you guys found each other because otherwise Mark would be like the uh, the guy who's like single, like living in an apartment by himself with like the, the milk crate as the uh, as the as TV, my toilet as, as, the, oh. as the tray like right. <laughs> uh, I yeah. guess I'll just go home and just watch TV all night and be alone. So I'm glad you found him. Even his parents would say after we were engaged, if if this doesn't work out, we're gonna keep you. Send yeah. that down. <laughs> yeah. We are trading up. Yeah. We're trading up. <laughs> like, uh, oh. We're trading Mark for Jen. Sorry about that, Barkers. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Here's your guy. <laughs> All right. Well, we are out of time. Uh, Jen, thanks for being on the show. This was such a pleasure uh, to talk I'm to you. Out to be on the B team. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When my friend, when my friend Greg is too busy uh, fighting wars in Iraq with President Obama, uh, Jen is the next. Jen is the next best thing. Well, thank you. All right, thanks, Jen. Okay, it is now time for the simply human tip of the week. Okay, we got a question from uh, a listener, and that is going to be our uh, tip of the week deal, and it is. Not from Will Fleming, who is also... Sounds like you're trying to find this email. I am. It is from... Uh, <laughs> he, he, he will call... Uh, we'll call him JB. And the subject of his email was... Poop. So I'm like... <laughs> so I'm like, okay, perfect. This is... this is. Oh, actually, the subject was light in the morning and candles. And his... his is He addressed me <laughs> as poop, I guess. So, Air poop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one of his questions he mentions in this, and I'm going to obviously email uh, him back but uh, to answer some of his other questions, but the other one is, okay, basically when you wake up in the morning before sunrise, what do you do? Do you, is it like, is it, you, is it the antithesis of the night where you like sort of like do the backwards thing where you have candles until the sun comes up or do you just like turn the lights on? And what I do, and, and basically from the, from the studies and research and the, and the stuff that I've read that if you get super like bright um, uh, light exposure first thing in the morning, that really does a, a, a large part in helping you get your circadian rhythms on track. Now, ideally, obviously, you're going to go to bed when the sun goes down and you're going to wake up when the sun comes up. But as long as we're hacking... And when I say by that, like, is if you're wearing orange glasses or you're like staying up after sunrise by using like you know more natural light sources, not the beer. Um, yeah, hey, Mark said to drink natural light after the sun <laughs> went down, and I'm not getting any thinner. Um, so anyway, uh, so so as long as we're hacking and we're doing like not quite the completely natural thing at night, my my thought on that is go ahead and expose your eyes to. <laughs> I was going to make a joke there, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I think we figured that out. Yeah, to expose your, <laughs> expose your eyes to very bright light. Now, one thing I do, our, our garage faces uh, east, so when the sun comes up, I'll open my garage up usually, and like the sun is just like, bam, and so I do that. So if you wake up when the sun before the sun comes up, don't worry about exposing your eyes like you're awake you need to wake up so go ahead and turn the lights on uh, you know unless your wife is like still trying to sleep or something but like don't worry about uh you know keeping the the soft light and until the sun actually comes up uh and actually the the brighter light you can get the more contrast you can get from like super bright during the day and super not bright at night like the more as long as like it, like 
in contrast to just being inside under a fluorescent bulb all day and there's no contrast. The more variability you can get, the better. So if you wake up where the sun comes up, go ahead and expose yourself to very bright light. There you go. That is the tip of the week, and it's going to be a very, a very quick one. So, all right. Well, you know what? It is about time for us, time travel talk, to call John Wilburn, who was on our show that you already listened to. So we're going to call John. But uh, Go to our website, simplyhumanlifestyle.com. There are links to everything, Facebook page, YouTube channel. Uh, hopefully, we need uh, Rick. And my, my baby son ate broccoli last night, uh, steamed oh, yeah? with, bro- with butter on top of it, and I was trying to get a video or picture of it because... Uh, actually, I might have gotten a video of it, and if I did, I'll put it on the YouTube channel because it took you much longer in life than 10 months to eat broccoli, I think. So. I embraced broccoli like in my early 20s, okay. and that's my go-to vegetable now. Nice. Like I probably, I'm not kidding you, I probably eat about two pounds of broccoli a week. Perfect. So. But uh, kudos to your son uh, for being a human and eating vegetables yeah. and not whining about it like I do. Right. <laughs> Cool. So uh, coming up next week um, is another episode of the Simply Human Podcast. We're just going to have to figure out. And it's episode 50, which is crazy, which means we're halfway to 100. I did email. Speaking of Kevin Nealon, I emailed Kevin Nealon to see if he might want to come on the show. <laughs> Dear Mr. Nealon, I miss you with the airport. <laughs> I have a podcast. Would you please be on it? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. What's going to be even funnier is if he's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, it's kind of like uh, I keep laughing about when you were like, hey, this is Mark Rogers coming, coming from you live in the bathroom of a truck stop. <laughs> so anyway. No, he'll be like, oh, let me do some research first before I commit. <laughs> That's the, the very first episode. I'll be like, nope, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. That's one thing. Well, anyway. All right. Well, find us online. Like us on uh, Facebook. Leave us a subscri- uh, leave us a subscription. Leave us a review and subscribe to us on the podcast. Tell a friend. The more likes and subscriptions and all that we get, the the more the longer we can keep doing this. Because if we stop getting likes, well, actually, nothing would happen. We would just keep putting it's podcasts. Bad for my ego. <laughs> yeah. I'll just go back to sleep. <laughs> right. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember, grabbing the pasta like shoving it into my mouth, like, just like oh, like I was so mad, and I was there was like pasta sauce. Oh, in my face. I was just ah, crazy. And there was stuff all over my face. And I was, we got it. Now, <laughs> so until next time, enjoy yourself. <laughs>